It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, episode 15, Leading Isn't Selling Out. We wrote this song, it's not too short, it's not too long, it's got backup vocals in just the right places, it's got a few oohs and ahs, and it takes a little pause, just before I sing the Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am Mike, Principal Extraordinaire from Lansing, Illinois. And I'm Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona, and we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. Mike, let's get our classrooms to be like a punk show. We want to, we want to let our audience know, we want to let the people listening in knowing that you can bring passion, unity, and a little DIY to your classroom. And Mike, classrooms are for circle pits, my man. <laughs> That's right. And it doesn't matter if you've never been in a circle pit, you're afraid to get in the circle pit, you stayed on the outside, or you've never even been to a punk show, but it doesn't matter. We can all be punks here at the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast. That is right. And Mike, this week's topic, I'm, I'm excited to kind of talk about this because we threw this out to our, you know, out to our, uh, our, our PLN, our crew on Twitter, and they did not disappoint by giving us a whole bunch of, of stuff to talk about. And we're talking about this idea, is leading selling out, right? Like major label versus, you know, you know, indie label. What is that? What does that look like for us? And really, um, when we think about it in the punk rock scene, calling someone a sellout was like the ultimate jab, right? (laughs) If you joined that major label or you got big, right, you went on a big tour or, you know, uh, there were a ton of people at your show or you played at the big venue, you were kind of seen like you joined the dark side, right? Right. And so we kind of see that same thing in education where, you know, joining the dark side, selling out, becoming one of them, right, quote unquote, this can be the thought of educators about becoming a school leader, whether that's an administrator, a department chair, you know, a, a team lead, whatever it is. But does it have to be selling out? Should punks lead? How can they lead? Do you have to be an administrator to lead? And is being an administrator selling out? Here's what I know, Mike. Some bands put out some pretty crappy albums when they went to the <laughs> labels. Yes, yes, they did. But some bands put out great stuff. They made that transition and they stayed true to who they are. So, Mike, I want to ask you, why do punks need to lead? Why do we need punk leaders? Well, it's kind of like what we've always been talking about on on the podcast. I mean, punks have passion. They they have a message to uh, spread. They want to influence others to, to just be the best they want to have fun and i mean that's what we want our schools we want people to have passion we want them to have fun we want them to spread a message we want them to change lives and you know that's what punk rock has always been about so it kind of reminds me back you remember the movie slc punk yeah matthew lillard and i don't even remember the other guy's name and uh you know at the very end you know matthew lillard's like narrating the whole thing you know they're living they're, they're squatting in abandoned buildings and then at the very end matthew lillard stands up from a park bench he's got a full suit on like a briefcase all clean cut and he became a lawyer right i think he became yeah. a lawyer wasn't it i can't and he said yeah. he's like you know I, i've realized that you can make more of you know a difference you, you can make, d- destroy the system more he's all about destroying the system you know destroy yeah. it more from the inside so that's why he kind of took that route and you know, I'm not going to lie. Like I, 
before I became an administrator, I looked at his administrators as the bad guys. You know, they're, they're looking to, you know, they're too far removed from students and classrooms. They don't know what's really best for kids. And they're just looking about like, you know, making the school look good. And they're just about raising test scores and saving money and all this. Um, and I mean, yes, there are administrators out there like that, you know. Um, but, you know, if you've got, you know, people who have the right mindset of and the right mission and doing what's best for kids. I mean, how, you know, I know it's cliche and everyone says like, oh, I became an administrator because I can just reach more students. But it is true. Like in my role, and that's kind of why I did that transition. I realized I can have a direct influence on, you know, I can either influence the 30 kids in my middle school ELA class, or I can influence 30 teachers who have 20 to 30 students in their rooms. And that's a way more bigger difference than just my classroom, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's true. We do need punks to kind of lead. I mean, more than likely, you know, punks are going to be true to themselves, who they are. They don't care what others think, you know, they, they have their mission, you know, and they, they want to go out and do it. I mean, you know, look at, look at how, you know, you look back, I think you tweeted it out a while ago, a couple months ago, some of my old, did you tweet out my old high school pictures with the mohawk and all yeah, that? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I walked around, I didn't care what other people thought about me or how I looked, you know, like that's what I wanted to do with the, with the mohawk being held up by Elmer's glue. So, you know, I'm not, you know, punks aren't going to be afraid of getting that kind of backlash. Like, oh, you're doing it wrong. That's not how it's supposed to be done. Like, you're going to do what you want to do because you know what's best for, for the kids. So, you know, I, we, we need more. And it's just, it's difficult because I'm going to tie it back to what you're talking about with the record labels. So many educators see it as, you know, the dark side. Like when a band went to a major label, I know I remember my friends, you know, we'd be driving around in, you know, my the, the old Corsica and <laughs> oh did you hear is there, you know, anything bad... more, is, is there anything more Midwest than driving around? No, right, no, no, that's what everyone had. Or or a Ford Escort, right? right. Corsicas and Escorts. I had a so Cavalier. Drive, there you go. Right. My my wife had a Cavalier back in the day. But you know, you you hear like, oh, you know so-and-so just signed to, you know, a major label. And it's kind of like, oh, the sigh, like, oh, let's see what they're going to put out. And like you said, sometimes it was garbage. Yeah. <laughs> because they kind of felt like now we have to make this radio-friendly sound to sell records, to make money for the label. But some bands put out really good records. I mean, when Bad Religion went to a major label, they had some of their best albums, like Stranger Than Fiction. I mean, some of these records were just killer. And they didn't like lose a beat to what they were doing. So, you know, if you, if you are going into administration, like if a punk's going into administration or somebody, you know, with a, the punk rock mindset that we've been talking yeah. about goes into administration for the right reasons, you're not going in it to make more money, you know, cause I've seen people go into administration just because it's a, you know, well, I need to make more money for my family and they go in it and they, they fail and they, they aren't successful because they're not doing it for the right reasons. It's like anything. I mean, teachers, I've seen teachers who stay in the classroom and they've told me, Oh, I don't want to, I would never want to do what you do. I don't want to be an administrator. You know, that's the, the dark side and you're not really there for the kids, but I see them. They've been in, in education for 20 plus years, but you're not being effective either. You're just going through the motions. So 
it's all it, it comes all comes back to the you know the right mindset and right. like i said punks seem to have that i mean it's always evolving it's always going down um an interesting fact josh is i i read somewhere and this was a couple years ago someone had told me this did you know that pr school principals their average lifespan in a building is five years or less they say they kind of come in they make some changes and then they go out and they leave you know and they, they go to another building then or in another district or whatever yeah. and to me that's kind of shocking you know, I'm, I'm in my building this is my six years principal where i'm at and you know i feel like i'm far from done like there's so much stuff we still need to do so much things we need to change so many so many you know lives we need to, to influence and I couldn't imagine doing that all in five years, you know, yeah. it makes me think about some of these bands like no effects, bad religion, sick of it all, you know, in their fifties, I don't, maybe even sixties. <laughs> and they're still like, like their most recent albums, all three of those bands. Yeah. Are, are amazing. Like the newest, I, when sick of it all put a record out last year. And I remember I was in the gym and I put it on. I could not believe how much energy they still have. Right. You know, that new bad religion, that new bad religion album is so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. Then you, then you see a picture of them. They're all gray hair, balding, <laughs> you know, they look like, you know, they, 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 like my dad. I mean, it's so we need, we need, you know, but the thing is what makes them still so, so relevant and, and still putting out these, these records that, you know, kids are buying now who weren't even around, you know, 10 years ago when they were, they were putting out records. Like what makes these, these bands that are still doing it, like no effects and bare religion, sick of it all is they still have that passion and that same right. mindset of what they have their vision of what they want to do and the message they want to send. And, you know, I got, I'm going to wrap my portion up here soon, but I got into administration at a pretty young age. You know, I just turned 40. I've been an admin for eight years now. Um, so, I mean, what? I was 32 when I became a school administrator. I mean, I've got a lot of years before I can retire still. And, you know, there, there was a point, and, you know, I think we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but there was a point where, you know, I, I kind of sold out and was, was being an administrator like I thought I, need, I was supposed to be. And, I started to think like, I don't think I can do this another 20, 30 years. Like this is going to be, a, it's going to be horrible. So yeah, you, know, you got to have that right mindset and just staying true to yourself. So, I mean, that's a little bit, you know, my, my thoughts on, it. I mean, what do you, cause you're not, you're not a, a school leader. You're still a teacher, but how do you lead Josh without having that title or that role right I, I think that there's i think that that's the thing that we hung that that sometimes we get hung up on is this idea that being a school leader means that you have to be an administrator right and and that might be the route you choose and i would say that we like you said we do need I, we need punks in that role because we need someone who's going to bring that passion, that idea of unity, that idea of DIY to those leadership roles. But you can be a leader in your school in so many different ways, right? For me, right. I, I got into leadership roles through my, my union, right? So okay. I, my very first year teaching, I was asked, hey, do you want to come to a meeting? Heck yeah, man. Let's do this. Let's fight the man, right? I'm from Michigan. My dad worked for the U. My dad worked, was a UAW member. My grandfather was a UAW member. My great grandfather was in the sit down strikes in Flint. Hell yeah, let's do this, right? Right. So right. I went, but I found a place for me to lead, and I was on our bargaining team 
my second year as an educator, right? I, I, you know, I unfortunately had to leave that district because of budget cuts, but I found myself at a new campus saying like, hey, I want to, I want to do something, right? I want to, I want to have a voice in the process. And so I ran and became our building's rep on the superintendent's council right? I, I got elected right. to that position. I came back to my district that I'm in right now and, and became a building rep and then uh, an executive board member for my, my union, vice president and now president. And, you know, I'm still in the classroom part of the time, but the other part of my day is really helping lead educators, not in a sense that I lead a school, but like I bring those voices to a table right to the table. Right. I, I sit in on more district meetings than, you know, most principals in my district. Right. Like yeah, I, you, the, the amount of meetings you say you're sitting in, I'm thinking like, I mean, maybe I am doing this wrong. I mean, he's always <laughs> in the meeting. So like for me, I decided like, that's how I wanted to lead. There, there's this quote. I don't know if you've heard it before this idea. Like uh, it says, if you're not a rebel by the age of 20, you got no heart. But if you haven't turned establishment by 30, you've got no brains, right? Like th this quote, uh, you know, from, from a movie, uh, but really I think about it this way. I think the first part is true. If you're, if you're not a rebel by the age of 20, you don't have heart. But I would tell you, like, if you don't get in the system to change the system in your 30s, you got no brains, right? It's not about right, becoming right. establishment. It's about, like, if you want to affect change in your building, in your district, in your, you know, in your state, you like, you have to understand that you have the power to be a leader. You don't have to be administrator to lead. Maybe, no. maybe you sit on a curriculum committee, right? Maybe your district's looking right. for someone to, to lead in that way. Maybe you're a department chair. Maybe you're, uh, you know, a grade level leader or whatever it is. Maybe you're the, maybe you lead a committee about, um, maybe you lead the social committee. Right. right? Like each of those roles is leading. And I think like we need punk rock leaders in those places as well, right? We've, we've talked about it before. Your, the district you work in is going to make decisions. And those decisions are going to affect what you do in your classroom. The material te you teach, the books that your kids are gonna get to read, what your salary is gonna be, how many IAs are gonna be in your classroom. Those right, are decisions right. that your district makes. And you, you have the power to lead in those capacities if you, honestly, you have to stand up and be like, hell yeah, I want this. Pick me, right? Here's what, here's what we talk about all the time. A real leader helps create other leaders, right? Like that's what your job is. Like my job right. as, a, as a union president isn't to make all the decisions. My job is to help get other people roles as leaders. Like they're, they're, they're a leader in their building. They're the person who understands their working conditions document. They're the person who has answers right. and can help people out in that way. They're the people that I say, Hey guys, we're putting a committee together for uh, social and racial justice in our district. Who wants to be on it? Right? Like right. my job is to find other people to help lead that work. And it's the same thing for an administrator. If you're a punk rock administrator, you know, that the best way to get things done is with your crew, right? Yep. We, we know 100%. that. We talk about that all the time. So, you know, punk rock leadership is not a one man show or a one woman show or a one person show. It's, right. it's like, okay, like 
I'm the front man, but I need everybody behind, like I need my band with me to make this happen, right? Or, you know, I, my, my name's here, but really this doesn't happen without the support of everybody around me, right? Like in my role, I've got, you know, my executive board, which helps me out immensely, right? Those are the leaders that really get me through everything that right. I get to go like, hey, this comes up, this just came up. How do you guys, how do we want to tackle this? What does this look like for us? How do we, how do we do this work? And I think it's the same thing. Right, right. You don't have to be an administrator to lead. You can be a strong voice on your campus for change. You can be a strong voice on your campus for kids. And you don't have to be an administrator to do that. But you do have to step out and go like, I want to lead on this. I want to be. You can't, right. You can't just sit back in your room and hope that's that someone else is going to fix. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. You know, if there's, if there's something you want uh, or you see needs a change, you got to speak up. I mean, in, in not saying that maybe you're going to be the one to lead that, that change or that movement because there's all different levels of leadership, you know? Right. But if you speak up and say, look, we, we need, we need to change the way our kids, you know, Come in the morning before school starts. If you feel strongly about that, say, speak up and say something because I guarantee you, and you know, we've all heard this, others are thinking the same thing. Right. So then we can get, you know, maybe you're not the one that's going to lead that initiative and be the face of that movement, but someone else might say, I agree with this. I've got these ideas of what we can do. Right. Um, you know, it kind of all comes back to if you have, you know, don't complain, just complain. Like if you're going to complain, like have that, have that, um, some suggestions and some solutions. And, you know, I feel like our staff, we've come, that's kind of where we're at. Like when we did the ELA curriculum, you know, I told the people who stepped up and wanted to be a part of that. I said, make sure that, you know, you're going back to your teams, what, even though they're not on the committee and get some input, say, this is what we're looking at doing. What do you think? And it truly was, you know, this whole team effort, this whole crew effort of reforming, uh, our maps. So, and there were people who led in that, not just you, right? You had, you had leaders in that, in that movement or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I think it, it, it comes this teachers, at least, you know, we asked people and said, you know, what are some of the, what, why, why do you think teachers are worried about becoming a leader? Why don't they, you know, what's the, how do they view leadership? And, um, essentially it comes down to they've been burned by leaders before they don't think that they um you know they don't think that they're going to be able to challenge the system and and have change happen um you know and i i would tell them like you know it doesn't always work the way you want it to work the first time you do it right right like like for me I, in my district, we've been working on special education issues for years and sometimes it's slow incremental change and that can be vastly frustrating. Right. Right. But in that process, we found people to lead and do that work because I'm not a special ed teacher, right? Like I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of what it's like in the classroom as a special ed teacher. So I've, I've, gone out of my way to find other leaders who can help move that message along. And we have a really good team of people working on that stuff, but sometimes it it doesn't happen overnight. So Mike, what I I wanted to ask is, you know, you mentioned it just a a little bit earlier. If you could, if you could kind of talk about it, just, I mean, I know we've talked about it before on the show, but you know, how, how did you change the way you led 
when you realized you weren't being sort of like your punk self? What, what made you realize that? And then what did you, you know, quickly, like, what did you do differently when you noticed that? Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll do the uh, cliff notes version because we've talked about it before, but you know, my first two years when I became an actual principal, you know, after I even left the assistant principal role, I became a school principal. Uh, my first couple of years, I just was doing what I had seen principals do. You know, you sit in your office, you answer phone calls, emails, create documents and forms, and then you do your rounds around the building once in a while. You do your observation of a teacher when it's scheduled. And, you know, that's kind of it. You know, we stop in the lunchroom maybe once a month, uh, if that. and I realized I wasn't happy and I realized a lot of the staff wasn't happy either. Everyone was just kind of, it, it became a job and, and people were just going through the motions. Not everyone, you know, but you know, when, like as Todd Whitaker says, when the principal sneezes, everyone catches a cold. So what I was putting out there, you know, was kind of how my crowd was uh, acting. And I realized I was miserable. And that's when I kind of said, there's no way I can do this for another 20, 30 years. So I kind of was like, well, I'm going to go back to just do it my way. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. I want to be in classrooms. I want to be in the halls. I want to be, you know, playing with kids on the playground. I want to be eating lunch with them. And uh, I just started doing that. And I just made sure I wasn't in my front office. You know, I got the mobile desk and just kind of doing some, I don't want to say like they were things I even created because other principals were out there doing it. And I never would have realized it if I didn't get on Twitter and realize like, man, there's people across this country doing what I would like to do. And they're very successful at being a school leader. Um, so I just kind of started doing things my way, getting out there, getting back to just hanging out with people, being in the classrooms, talking to, talking to teachers, like, you know, not like I'm, you know, up here as an administrator and they're below me as the, as the staff, or it's just like an equal playing field. Like, what can I do to help support you? You know, what are we yeah. working on? How can I assist? And everyone started to just truly enjoy, you know, being at school again. And, and it wasn't work anymore. Now we were at school making a difference with our kids, building relationships. And it's, it's cool because we've had other people from other schools visit us, you know, cause we've done some kind of cool faculty meetings where other districts have reached out and said, Hey, a couple of my teachers want to come see that speaker you got. Can they come? I'm like, of course they can bring them in. And, uh, other, other teachers from other, you know, buildings in the district just saying like when they walk in, they could just feel, you know, how different of an atmosphere our building is, the culture there, and that it's just a good place for us to be. So, um, you know, honestly, there's no way I could ever go back to how things were going. And, and I told myself if, you know, I'm going to do this my way and if it doesn't work out and, you know, like my, my, superintendent doesn't approve of it or the school board doesn't approve and I let go, like I'm just going to go somewhere else and I'm going to try it that way because that's how I know being true to who I am. Like that's how I need to lead. And I mean, it's, it's paid off. I mean, we're, we're doing pretty damn well. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's working out. I mean, right now it's a very odd time working from my home office here, but, uh, doing my best to, to keep the, keep the the show with that same uh voice that's fire uh vibe that you always talk about <laughs> right you gotta <laughs> you know? be on fire for the show I, you know i, I think, gotta try I, I think you said something really key there and it's this idea of like you've got to be true to yourself and that's that key to being that punk rock leader right like it's not about fitting into the mold of what a principal quote unquote should be 
right? It's right. not fitting. And, and we would say the same thing. That's how we talk about teachers, right? Like being an educator doesn't mean like you have to fit into this mold of what it looks like. You got to bring your passion. You got to bring what you care about. You got to bring your power and your voice and, and all of that into what you do and, and, and rally people around you in that same way. And so we reached out to, you know, we reached out to our uh, crew on Twitter and, you know, asked them the question, you know, we, we wanted to know, you know, what is it, what does it mean? Uh, we said, why are educators sometimes hesitant to transition into a leadership role? Right. And we just right. put it at that. We didn't say, you know, what is it? We didn't say you had to be an administrator. We didn't say, you know, transition to a principal role. We just said leadership. And so we got some responses back. And one response we got back from uh, Dan Viglatori. And he says, the first thing that needs to happen is that educators need to allow themselves to understand that you can still be leaders in education without being an administrator. And there was a response to this that I, that I wanted it to mention to you before we talk about it is uh, Natalie uh, Vardabasso says, preach, truly reimagine education. We need a critical mass of leaders. And that could not be any more near and dear to like my organizing punk rock uh, anarchic like heart, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's tons of leaders. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, I can't make or me and the assistant principal I have, the two of us cannot make every decision for our, our school, nor do we, nor would I ever want to, you know? And it's, like I said, you need to speak up and say something. And, you know, our campus is a good place where, where my staff knows if there's an issue they want to fix or they, they would need to tweak or whatever, they can come to us and say, hey, look, here's what, what we're thinking. Here's what's not working. Can we try it this way? Now, I've got that. That's coming all the way from, you know, paraprofessionals, uh, custodians, even our lunch, our, our, our lunch ladies who aren't even district employees know that they can come to me and say, hey, look, we've kind of noticed this in the lunchroom. Could we try doing it this way? So they know that it's an open atmosphere. Now, I know not every campus is like that. And there are there are a lot of campuses where, where staff feel if I speak up, I'm going to have that mark on me. I'm going to have that target on my back. Um you know, I don't have the, I don't have the answer to how to go about in that situation. I think you need to get strength in numbers there. You got to build that crew and have everyone speak up. But you have to speak up because I guarantee, even if you're in that campus, that you feel no matter what you say, they're not listening to. They are listening, and you might not see that change, but it's in the back of their head and. It, imagine if you don't say anything and nothing happens, you know? Yeah. You, you got to say something. You said it right there, that idea of strength in numbers. And I really think that, that that ties to this idea of we need a critical mass of leaders, right? Like you have the power to lead on something. Maybe you're an expert on your curriculum. Maybe you're like just, maybe you're damn good at, you know, uh, classroom management. Maybe you're really right. good at, you know, doing, you know, uh, you know, um, you know, circles in, in your classroom, restorative practice in your classroom, you can be a leader on that. You don't have exactly. to ask, you don't have to ask your principal if you can run the next PD. You can talk to your colleagues and go, hey, I'm doing this in my classroom. Do you guys want to hear some more about right. it? Right. Right. And, and you can lead outside of your building. The amount of teachers that, that I've worked with, the amount of educators I've worked with who aren't necessarily leading in their building, but are leading statewide things, right? Like I have, you know, teachers who are organizing signature collection campaigns for, you know, ballot initiatives and they are 
really great leaders on that, right? Like they, yeah, they, they yeah. post their Facebook messages. They're rallying people together. They're getting folks to challenge each other to see how many signatures they could get. They might not be the, uh, you know, the, the grade level chair on their campus. They may not be, you know, in the principal's leadership team, but they're leaders, Right. And they're leading something. And I, I think, you know, Natalie and Dan hit it on this is that you don't have to be an administrator to lead. You can no. lead a different way. hundred uh, percent. We had Miss Hopper, who it's actually one of my kindergarten teachers. Oh. And she's the person. Yeah, I know. I, you didn't even know this. No, I didn't that, uh, know. <laughs> but she put personally, I've never wanted an administrative role. My personality and interest are key in my decision not to. My passion is to teach my littles and continue to grow and hone in on the craft of doing that. By listening, learning, and collaborating, I strive to be a lead learner. And I will say that she she does just embody this, and she she is a leader. She's actually, it's her second year with us. She taught for, I want to say like 10 years or so at another district, um, and came to us last year, and has just completely come into a, you know, meshed right into our culture. She embodies, when if you picture a kindergarten teacher, like this is her, Melissa is that like she is the perfect kindergarten teacher and is is all of my kindergarten team is, but she this year picked up a leadership role. Uh, we were doing a book study at the beginning of the year as we always do. You know, I buy the buy the staff books at the beginning of the school year and around winter break. And uh, I always say, hey, if anyone wants to lead a book study, I don't want to lead it, but if anyone wants to lead that book study, you know, let me know. She clicked yes on the form I had sent out. So I kind of went to her. I'm like, oh, you said you want to lead the book study. She's like, oh, no, no, I don't. I, I meant to click no. I must have hit the wrong button. I'm like, well, you clicked yes. And she's <laughs> like, all right, well, she's like, well, I'll do it. And it, ironically, my social worker also clicked no or clicked yes, but she meant to click no. I'm like, well, you can do it, Melissa. So the two of them led the, I mean, and she did, they both did a phenomenal job at this book study, uh, just being leaders. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like she doesn't want to become an administrator, but she's still a leader. She's still a lead learner for her students, for, for her staff, her comrades, you know, every, the, all the colleagues at our, our campus. Right. And I think that's a key thing. It's again, it speaks to this idea that you don't have to be an administrator to lead. Being that lead learner for your colleagues is leading right? Yes. Like that's being the person that people can go to and go like, Hey, do you, what's I, I'm just having trouble with X, Y, or Z in my classroom. Being that person, that sounding board, you are a leader. Uh, we had Carly right. Spina. She, she commented to us, some don't feel empowered or trusted. Some have been burned in the past when they've chosen to lead. Many are already feeling overloaded, burned out. Some don't trust administrators. And for me, this speaks to the reason why we need punks to lead. We need administrators who are trusting, who build unity on their campuses, who build a crew, who work with their colleagues, whether they're, whether they've, whether they're rocking that mohawk figuratively or literally, right. or they've never been to a punk show. It's, it's about this idea that, that you want to empower your teachers. And there were a couple other comments that are, were in this same vein. People who've been burned, either trying to right. go into a leadership role or feel that they've been, you know, that, that their administrator doesn't see them as a leader. Uh, and so they feel like they can't lead. Yeah. That's why we need punk leaders. So they see, uh, so they, they bring people into what we're doing. Yeah, we got from Bram Hubble. 
I can't speak for other educators, but I know that I never want to give up on the amount of time I spend in the classroom with students. Some people want to book the shows. Some people want to be in the pit for the sing-along. I love his, I love his connection there. Um, you know, and it's true. And, you know, I feel for, for an administrator, for a school principal, I am in classrooms with the students way more than, than most of, uh, other ones that I know. Um, but you know, that's my choice to make. I know that that's where I'm supposed to be. And you know, if that's how you feel, like if Bram feels that way, I guarantee if he would be, if he became a school administrator, he's going to make sure he's in the classroom with those students, you know, sing yeah. along right there with them. And the other part of it too, is like, look, we need someone who's going to start the circle pit. We need a leader yes. who's going to, who's going to start that. And so you don't necessarily have to, like we've said, you don't have to be the school administrator. You can be in the pit for the sing along and you can lead that sing along, right? Like right. you can be that right. person. You can influence your colleagues around you to start circle pits in their room. Right. Exactly. You don't have to be the administrator to do that in order to lead. So, you know, we want to thank all of our all of our crew there. We had so many comments that we couldn't all fit in. It would have been a whole nother episode. And in fact, this episode is probably a little long. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we want to, you know, welcome you to come and listen to our next episode. Uh, last episode we just had out. If you didn't check it out, go check it out. It was our first punk rock collaboration. We had Christine Ravisi Weinstein on to talk about her book, Anxious. Um, how to advocate for students with anxiety because what if it turns out right? I had a really great conversation with her. So, you know, make sure uh, you follow us on Twitter at Punk Classrooms. You can follow us on Instagram, the same place at Punk Classrooms. Uh, you can follow Mike on Twitter at EduChef Earnshaw because my man's got a book he's working on, that, that educational cookbook. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh R. Buckley. Follow our collective where we run our weekly chats at edu never dies that's hashtag education never dies uh you can find us uh you want some punk rock gear you can find us at punkrockclassrooms.threadless.com and get that all right mike let's do this <laughs> all right so what have you been listening to what's I, uh it's... I, so for me this week man uh i am in I've been in a metal mood, right? It's just been, nice. that's where I've been. I had a friend of mine, uh, you know, it's we're everybody's kind of working from home right now. So we're all trying to figure out like, how are you staying healthy? What are you doing? I've been running, he's been lifting, right? And for him, and you know, it's that true thing. You gotta listen to, you gotta listen to metal when you, when you lift, right? Yes, but yes. For, but for me, like, look, I, I've been running more. And so, but I still like to listen to some good thrash metal while I, while I run. So I've been, I listened to some Havoc this week. Havoc's like, a, okay. if you went back and, and re-recorded old Megadeth albums and modernized them a little <laughs> bit, uh, that's what Havoc is. It, it's, uh, it's been, you know, it was a good, some good thrash metal on my runs this week. So that's what I've been listening to some Havoc. How about you, sir? What have you been listening to? Well, I'm still listening to that new Suicide Machines record. <laughs> Um, but I went for a run last night, you know, yesterday was a real busy day. Um, and then last minute I told my wife, I'm like, I'm gonna go get a quick run in. I got four miles in and, uh, you know, we were, we were tagged in a tweet yesterday about, you know, what are albums that you listen to without skipping a track? And I mean, I, I listed my two and there's so many out there I could have put out. So, uh, another one was, uh, with the punches. So I listened to their one and only official full length uh seams and stitches that that record to me is just i love it um their other one 
it's like their e all their EPs put together on one is is great. Um, but you know what else I've been listening to, Josh? All right, what is it? It's 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 still punk rock, I guess. If you if you want to, you know, make it, we we can do a whole episode of trying to tie the connection to how it's punk rock. But last night, you know, my family were huge Disney fans, and uh, last night was the Disney sing along on ABC, <laughs> and the the girl from who played Moana, who did uh -huh. her voice. Uh, she sang her song, you know, from the movie. Um, and I forgot how good the Moana soundtrack truly <laughs> is. And that song's like, pretty punk rock. That song, like, in, in feeling, in emotion, in feeling, in lyrics, right? it's a punk rock song. But I remember when Moana came out, my, my daughter was a little younger, so she wasn't all into TikTok and the things she's into now. You know, she, she was more... Uh, innocent but that <laughs> moana soundtrack like i remember be, just being as a family like us listening to that soundtrack the four of us so much and there were so many good songs on there uh i actually put it on this morning by myself <laughs> and listen and listen to a few of those tracks so there you go man. so that's there you go <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure you give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Uh, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we uh, always enjoy hearing from you online with our slow chat. So make sure you're following the hashtag punk rock classrooms. And ladies and gentlemen, Mike and I will see you at the show. At the show. Johnny Plastic is for what? Johnny Plastic for sell out, sell out. Johnny Plastic for sell out, sell out, yeah.